with authority. Aloha. Welcome to the most muscles and podcast in Barry Sports. Welcome to ABC7 Sports with authority. Here we are. We are in a new room, not the ABC7 Sports Department, but a studio. Imagine that. Yeah. We'll get into the details on that coming up because this is a vast upgrade for us. 17 pods in. You know, I've been ready to say aloha to Madison Bumgarner since I think last October. But one of us has had a dramatic change of hearts. Are the Giants now Casey Pratt's team of destiny? Are you trading Bum? You don't 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 answer yet. Don't answer I can't, I can't yet. Talk yet. Also, NFL training camps opening this week. Over under on the Raiders at <laughs> six wins. Are you kidding me? Jimmy G or Derek Carr? More touchdown passes. We'll tell you what I have in common with Kevin Durant, mm. and it involves a body part. <laughs> <laughs> Need now I go any further than that? And it and Whoa. and it hurts, and it <laughs> and it's aching. Okay. <laughs> It uh, require a lot of rubbing. and uh, yeah, Which leads me <laughs> to our news story of the week. Do you need a friend? Are you looking for that special somebody? We have the website that is just right for you. This and could it, get dangerous <laughs> quickly. And it won't cost that much, Casey. Come on, you can all afford twenty nine ninety five a month. Uh, and we mentioned the, the new studio uh, because, well, if you're on YouTube... This really makes much more sense. If, if you're on iTunes, uh, just just play along for the next 15 or 20 seconds. Just but. enjoy the sweet acoustics. Yes. It actually, yeah. I mean, the, we have soundproofing up here. We have a fake brick wall. We've got a lot of stuff. But uh, <laughs> this is Pod 17, yeah. and the new studio reminded me of uh, a movie that I'm sure you have not seen. I've seen like every Steven Seagal movie, which says a lot about me. <laughs> Perhaps yeah. too much. Yeah. But he did a great movie with Tommy Lee Jones. It was called Under Siege. That was like the only one I have did seen. Did you see it? Yeah, okay. I have seen so that one. So there's uh, basically Tommy Lee Jones is this maniac that uh, uh, commandeers a nuclear sub yes. and he wants the missiles. He's going to uh, blow up the world or whatever he's going to do. And, uh, and Steven Seagal is a former Navy SEAL who is now the chef. He's the cook on the sub, and he's got to thwart the the bad guys. And the commander says to Steven Seagal, because they want don't do anything because we don't want World War III breaking out, but he says, if I can't control you, I might as well support you. And I think that was management's thought when they gave us the room, because <laughs> we're not stopping the podcast. We're going to keep going, so they gave us the room. You know what I remember about that movie? <laughs> I, I do know what you remember about the movie, the do girl you? that popped out of the cake. No! I wasn't, I was, there was the scene where the guy gets the, the knife right in the melon. Oh, it was a great knife fight. There was right a great knife head. fight, and that's yeah, they, yeah. because they, they fought in the kitchen. And I do remember his his character's name was Casey Ryback. Oh, and after he, he uh, kills it, that was like uh, his arch rival, one of his like the the other tough guy in the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had this great epic knife fight. And uh, after he kills the guy, he says, "Nobody beats me in the kitchen." <laughs> This has turned into a Steven Which Seagal. Which leads us to <laughs> sort of hot stove activity. No, well, the trade well, deadline, that maybe? Was, that was a good save. Sort of? That was an excellent save. I don't know. Save. I'm just trying to pull us back in. We like to go off the rails on this show. <laughs> it's quite enjoyable, actually, to do so. But baseball, I, I'm telling you, you know, last week, 
We talked Giants, buyers or sellers. Yeah. One good run does not a season make. But I was looking at it, and I was almost like half talking myself into not selling while I was trying to talk about why they should be selling. Right. We both agreed they should be selling. Yes. And I think we might have both changed our minds, which doesn't make for a very compelling content, but I just don't know how they sell now. It's really hard. It's really hard because they've been on this fantastic roll. And even though as we tape, they, they lost to the Cubs, but they still took two out of three mm-hmm. from a first-place team. It, it's a whole different squad, but uh, best record in the majors, 16-4 and four in July, 10-2 and two in extras. They're winning a whole bunch of one-run games. So it comes down to – Will Smith, I think, is a separate category from Madison Bumgarner because they have other guys who could potentially close. Yeah, you could do Dyson – yeah, you wouldn't want to have to do Melanson, but that's what you brought. No, him no, there to no, do. no, 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 <laughs> no, no. You wouldn't no, want to. But no, we're not I'm doing just saying that. he has uh, been a closer. Maranta, Maranta's got some heat. The yeah, they, they've got yeah. some guys who, who throw hard. But I ask you right now, we're a week out from the trade deadline. Are you trading Madison Bumgarner, yay or nay? I'm gonna go with no, and I just don't see how you can do it anymore. Uh, they're so close. They're so in it right now. I think it's probably in their best interest to build for their future and not go all in this year because there are teams that are way ahead of them. There are teams that are going to be buyers. I think by the giant standard, what they should do right now is stand pat. Don't buy. Don't mortgage your future any further, but also don't sell. Just let these guys do what they deserve to do now that they've put themselves in this position. And the thing about Madison Bumgarner to me that is interesting is, and I guess this is a separate argument we could have, but if you intended to keep him, then why haven't they already offered to keep him? Why haven't they already extended him? Why haven't they already tried harder to re-sign him? So, I mean, that's the one thing to me that, like, if you were going to keep him, you should pay him and you should keep him long term. Otherwise, you should cut bait. But But, but I think the answer to that is simple, because when Farhan Zaidi took over, this was a teardown. It was. This was a complete rebuild. The last thing you were going to do is lock yourself into a guy who you don't really know what he's got. I mean, the velocity was down last mm-hmm. year. There's all these questions. And are you ready to commit 25 to $30 million a year? And that's what an ace costs these days. Yeah. So 125 to $150 million for a guy you're not really sure of. But you're hypocritical in that if you're far on because you guys spent all offseason trying to get Bryce Harper for $300 million? <sighs> Well, that Like, what sense does that, that make? That made, uh, if in, you could get Mad Bum for half that, I'd take Mad Bum over Harper any day. In retrospect, that really made no sense it just was, now. Yeah, it's completely Unless pointless. you're just trying to sell tickets to fill up a, a ballpark that used to sell out regularly, even though the definition of a ballpark is a little bit shaky with the Giants sometimes. Now, you know, the sellouts are long gone yeah. all that because they, they've been bad for, for too many years in a row. But I think if you were looking to fill seats, maybe that would have been an attraction to try to keep the park full. So I, I'm with at this point... You're tanking your seat. The, the energy, and you were there last night. Yeah, I was there last night for what could have been Madison Bumgarner's last start. But the but it won't be. The energy in the park now, the energy with the team, yes. is totally different than what we've seen from the Giants the past couple of years. And so they clearly believe now. I think if you pull the plug and, and you sell off Bumgarner, here's the thing. The Giants... 
they would have made this deal a long time ago if they were getting back the prospect mm-hmm. or prospects that they could project as, okay, this guy is in AAA right now. He is going to be my starting left fielder for the next five years, let's say. A power hitter. Some, all the things that they've lacked. But clearly they're not getting those offers and so that you're not getting a bona fide major leaguer. You're probably you're getting you know you're not going to trade. It makes no sense to trade him for a single A, double A prospect. Yeah. Because at that point you're really trading for suspects. And the thing is with Madison Bumgarner, I mean I felt like they should have rebuilt earlier. I don't think they should have kept trying the way that they did. But on the other hand, I think his value was probably lower than it ever had been sure. last year and even the year prior. I mean, not necessarily things that had much to do with his pitching, but the dirt bike incident, then he got hit by the uh, comeback in spring training, his velocity was down. So I think there was a lot of questions about Madison Bumgarner and could he still be that horse coming into this season. I think he's answered all those questions, though, now. So maybe his value is higher, but if you're acquiring him now, you're only getting him as a short-term rental. So maybe you're not getting exactly what you want. And I mean, the thing is, there was a report today... Uh, unnamed veterans in the Giants clubhouse mm-hmm. saying that if they trade Madison Bumgarner, it's just complete disrespect and disarray in here. Well, I think you'd have mutiny. Yeah, I mean, there I would mean, be, everybody would be freaking out because you're essentially pulling the plug on the rest of this season. Yeah. I, I mean, let's just say the Giants remain in contention <clears throat> all the way through the rest of the season. They're right there, and as we speak, they're two and a half out of the second wild card. They still have teams to jump. One of them is the Phillies. They'll play them uh, upcoming here. But who would you trot out in game one of a wild card scenario? Other than Mad Bum? (laughs) Jeff Samarja (laughs) at this point? Does that make you feel good? Tyler Beattie? No. I mean, you don't have, unless you're anticipating the miraculous return of Johnny Cueto, who has begun throwing, by the way. I think he could be back by then. But... But, Are yeah. you going to put that on on a dude's shoulders coming back from no. surgery and he hasn't pitched but most of the, the year? But on the other hand, if you do trade Mad Bum, you're not looking at a wild card scenario anymore. Well, I know, but, you, but no you're way. basically telling all these guys... It's over. Yeah, yeah that's exactly done. what you're we saying. We packed it in. We're just packing it in, and maybe if you could still compete, and you know, hopefully what, uh, Connor Menez will uh, give us <laughs> what we're looking for, and just, okay, well, never mind. I think... Some of this may end up being fool's gold. I mean, two months from now, we may be thinking, oh, they had a chance to restock, mm-hmm. and they didn't do it, and they rolled the dice, and they didn't make the playoffs, and now now we have still have another Madison Bumgarner decision, and we didn't make but it. But if you let him go in the offseason, you give him the qualifying offer, you get the supplemental first-round pick, so at least you get something for the guy. It's not think, ideal, but you no, get something. I wouldn't be crazy about paying him 150 million over 5 years but when you look yeah. at him now I mean market value is probably that easy I, I know but would he stay for 25 million a year for four like 100 million over 4 I don't know maybe that's a slap in the face Yeah uh, when you look at what guys like um, you know Zach Greinke are making uh, bona fide aces I don't know that's a decision that they can kick the can down the road in 2 months You know the other thing that really has not been talked about much is you used to be able to make deals past the quote-unquote trade deadline. Yeah, exactly. This now puts a gun to everybody's head because they got rid of that non-waiver deadline where you could Which sneak guys in. Which was extremely confusing for it, well, everybody. It, it made no sense. It didn't. But it did allow for flexibility where you could sneak a high price guy through. Now, mm-hmm. a Bumgarner would never get through because 
He'd any, get blocked. He'd, yeah, yeah, any he'd contender would pick would want to pick him up because yeah. his salary is relatively low. I think he's like $9 million this year. Uh, so I think we're both on the keep mad bum. <laughs> and I argued, I, I spent months arguing oh, with Mindy Bach man. about this to the point where it was like, I can't talk to you anymore yeah. <laughs> because she was keep. You got to keep, you got to keep, you got to keep, you got to keep. And I thought, Giants are terrible. The, and then this whole run since the start of June. But I want to, I did a little bit of, uh, of diving into the numbers here. And I want to just show, because Farhan Zaidi was kind of an unknown uh, to all of us outside of the name. You knew him from the A's from organization the A's way and the back. Dodgers and then the too, Dodgers, but, yeah. but we But we didn't watch him on a day-to-day basis to see what he was up to. Mm-hmm. And he's got this churn and burn thing going. He's just mixing around. So opening day, here was the Giants outfield. <laughs> the infamous Connor Joe, Michael Reed... Gerardo Parra, Yanjervis Salarte, and Steven Duggar. Okay. Duggar's still on the team, but he's been hurt. Yeah. All right. What have they picked up off the scrap heap? What has Farhan done? Are you trying to get me to chant dick? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no well, you can. I will not do this. You can if you want. It's a podcast. It can be edited. But Mike Yastrzemski, who was a 28-year-old Career minor leaguer released by one of the worst teams in baseball, yeah. the Orioles. The Orioles <laughs> didn't want him. I mean, okay. Then Alex Dickerson. Dick, Dick, yeah. Dick. 29 years old. If you're a 29-year-old prospect in Major League Baseball, yeah. you're a suspect at that point. Yeah. Okay, so. I'll let you finish your list, and then I'll make a quick point okay, about he, it. Okay, he was acquired from the Padres. He had so many injuries. He had Tommy John surgery. He had hip and back problems. He had a cyst on his heel. Just this past week, he had an oblique issue. Mm-hmm. So this is an inj- a big, strong, injury-prone guy that could not be counted on. That's why San Diego let him go within the division. Kevin Pillar, 30 years old, all right? Traded to the Giants for Alex Hansen, who's a guy I liked. Derek Law, who I thought was going to be a big-time closer and a pitching prospect uh, Juan de Paula. Uh, so those three guys are your outfield. You've got Tyler Austin, who was drafted by the Yankees, traded to the Twins, and then uh, acquired by the Giants. Th- basically, my point is they have remade the entire outfield, mm-hmm. and that is a huge part. Suddenly they have a few guys with power. Yeah. And it's made all the difference in this turnaround. Yeah, and they rebuilt around the veteran core that had been struggling. Right. And the point that I was going to make with all these names I, I knew you were listing is that any of these guys at any point in time could have been acquired for a bag of baseballs practically. Yes. Nobody wanted these guys. Right. And if you remember the A's back when they were the island of misfit toys, I mean, that was Farhan. Right. And you're seeing it again with the Giants. Obviously, Billy Bean got most of the credit for that, but Farhan played a role in that too. And so what you're seeing is he's going to keep bringing in guys till he sees what sticks. That's how Stephen Vogt ended up an all-star with the A's. Right. Exact same way. Now he's with the Giants contributing. So, I mean, I think what Farhan has done so far has vastly exceeded all expectations. And as much as he may want to tear it down, he looks like a genius right now. Just to get to this and point. And you might want to just roll with it. Don't sell. Don't buy. Just let these guys who played their butts off keep showing this heart and don't take that under siege butcher knife or, or steak knife or just, gah, right in the heart. Don't take out the melon. Nobody beats me in the kitchen. Nobody beats them in the kitchen. So, right now. what about Will Smith? Would you keep Will keep Smith? Keep him. All right. So, gotta we're, have we're somebody close roll. out games. Well, they, the more relievers you have, the better. Okay. I mean, you need somebody. Unless so. you could get 
somebody that's amazing. Yeah. The, a prospect that you – not a guy you have questions like, this guy is going to be a bona fide big-time major I league I just player. don't think you're getting that from Will Smith. I agree. Like, I I'm agree. looking at the A's. I'm not sure you're even getting it from for Bumgarner Yeah, at like this the point. A's, they traded Doolittle. Everyone hated it. But they traded Doolittle for Blake Trinan and Lazardo, which was like a no-brainer when you look at it in hindsight. I mean – Trinan was incredible. He struggled this year. But if you can make a deal like that with Will Smith, maybe. But I think Doolittle was far more valuable than Will Smith at the time. All right. Now you want to talk deadline deals with the A's. Yes. The great Susan Slusser had tweeted that if the Mets make Noah Syndergaard available, the A's could be a player. But here's what I think the A's should do. The A's should acquire an ace left-handed starting pitcher. They should acquire... Another young flame-throwing lefty. They should acquire a six-foot-seven beast out of the bullpen. I have a feeling I know where this is going. And a very good corner outfielder. And you know how they do that? By not making any trades. By doing nothing. Sean Manaya could come back. Yeah. Jesus Lazardo, maybe. AJ uh, Puck is very close. Manaya and Puck are both in AAA right, right now. And they've been doing all this without Steven Piscotti. Right. And... All they need is Chris Davis to start hitting home runs in bunches again. He is in a bad way. But they have so much more potential. Sands making a move right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't deal, but this is all on the way. It's right around the corner for them. But if you could package up the surplus of outfielders that the A's have to get Thor. (laughs) Are you kidding me? You get Thor. Because that's what happens when you get in that wild card game. Who do you trust? I mean, is it Fires? They didn't even trust Fires to go last year in the wild card game. Right. And he's their de facto ace because of Frankie Montas being suspended. Oh, here we go. And he again. came out of nowhere. We could get into the ostracine thing later, but yeah. anyway. There was actually news about that this week. Tyler the, Lewin. Yeah. Taylor yeah, Lewin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who's, uh, who's out and uh, a supplement issue that we discussed in a previous pod. All right, so we're probably not making any deals on either side of the bay, is what Unless we're saying. Unless you can get Thor. If you get Thor. If you can get Thor, yeah, you get Thor. Yeah, go do that. You just do that. Absolutely. Yes. All right. NFL training camps are opening this week. Friday. Which leads us to <laughs> over under our favorite prop oh, bets. Man. So both teams were terrible last year. Niners and Raiders four and twelve. Yeah. Uh, Very different directions though for those franchises, I would say. One trending down, the other trending up. You think you I think, think the Niners are trending up. I think the Raiders are trending down. Well, I think you Jimmy think they're going to have fewer than four wins? No, I just mean by the franchises are going in completely different directions. They have the same record, but they were not going in the same direction. Oh, okay. Jimmy G gonna... getting hurt derailed yeah, the 49ers yeah, yeah. building process. The Raiders were just a mess. So No question. I thought you meant this year that they're trending <laughs> Both, downward yeah. again. But, uh, no. I, well, <laughs> so, well again, I, that's I, why I yeah. – okay. So, he, you know, we looked at the Raiders' schedule, and they probably have the worst schedule in the league. It's tough. Based on travel and – I mean, Strength I, of schedule, I, I, Yeah, strength of schedule is just brutal. But if, if you were in Vegas, where the Raiders will be next year, the over-under – can we start with the Raiders – is – Six. Six wins. Yes. I'm taking the under. I'm Um, taking the way under. It's got to be the under. And I wanted to go into this more optimistic because I really like Derek Carr. I think with another year under Gruden, he's going to shake a lot of the criticism. People forget Carr 
had a bad year, but he was playing with broken bones in his freaking back, man. By the way, he completed that was two o- years ago. Over sixty nine percent of his passes. So he went after from the that bumpiness with Gruden early. Yeah, on. he went from that to having to adjust to Gruden in his system, which was complicated, to turning it around towards the end of the year. So I think Derek Carr takes a lot more flack than he should. That being said, you have Antonio Brown, incredible receiver. You've got um, Tyrell Williams, who came over, another big receiver. He's very underrated. I think Derek Carr is going to have all the weapons that he needs to succeed, but I think defensively, I don't see anything I like with the Raiders, and I don't think the Raiders are going to win more than six games. I wanted to treat them a little bit better than this, Larry, but when we printed these schedules and we went game by game through them, Mm -hmm. I got the Raiders at 4-12. and That's not a very optimistic projection. <laughs> That's an under. <laughs> That's that would be That's the, the same. Under. That would be the same as last year. And I hope they prove me wrong. I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt as well, and I think I got to five wins. So we're similar. Yeah, it, it's it's a pretty similar situation. the The problem for the Raiders is is essentially this: they open at home against Denver, the Broncos on new, ABC. Yeah, new quarterback situation. That's a winnable game. Then you got Kansas City. That's an L. That's the okay. <laughs> then you you know I don't, can't even finish the, 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 the word and you're already. Then you're at Minnesota. That's an L. At the Colts. That's an L. Then you've got the London game and you got to deal with Khalil Mack yeah. and the Bears. Your so-called home game in London, right. Because you've sold yourself overseas and yeah, Khalil Mack is going to be out for blood. Yeah. I don't you think, want any you part think of that. when he sees John Gruden on the other <laughs> sideline, he might be slightly motivated? I think Derek Carr is going to be terrified in that game. So then you have a bye week. They'll then, lose that week, too. Then you come back, <laughs> and you're at Green Bay and uh, at the Texans? That's awful. I mean, this is painful. So coming out of that stretch, they could easily be 1-6. and six. They have to win week one. I mean, that is oh, really the have, most yeah, winnable game yeah, in that stretch. totally. Now, mind you, NFL is very unpredictable. You go in every year thinking X team is going to be amazing, and then they turn out a bust, and bad teams often end up good. You, it's just hard with the it's parody hard. in the league, but... I don't see a very optimistic outcome for the first several weeks for the Raiders. I mean, and we're the, looking at, like, maybe, what, says week nine against the Lions? Yeah, yeah they can beat the Lions. Like, they might be able to beat the Bengals yeah. at the Jets in week 12. Who knows what the Jets situation the Jets will be, be with Le'Veon Bell. And I, I yeah. do like uh, Darnold at quarterback. They might be able to beat the Jags in week 15. But otherwise, it's going to be hard to get to six. And I just I, – I just, the thing that concerns me – if I'm looking at the Raiders, and Hard Knocks is going to be really interesting. I cannot wait for Hard Knocks. But if they do start this poorly at 1-6, and six, oh boy. Antonio Brown is not going to be a happy camper. That is going to be and an this could interesting be thing to watch. Yes, Highly combustible oh, is what I think the Raiders could end up being. And I'm not sure how wed they are to Derek Carr for the long run. I agree with that. And I think it's unfortunate, too, because I think he's had a bad shake. And I think he's more talented than than people give him credit for. So, yeah, I think our optimism is pretty low on the Raiders. Now, we can move on here to the 49ers win total. Vegas has them at a pretty lofty eight wins. And if you have a healthy Jimmy G, in theory, that could be a factor. I think that... 
the running game is vastly improved, and that'll be a really nice safety valve for Jimmy G, especially in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He wants those pass-catching backs. Sure. You know, you didn't get Jurek McKinnon last year, who they had huge plans for. They added Tevin Coleman, who's a big Shanahan guy, which is awesome. You had Burita, who had a good year. I think the running game is going to be improved. These guys can all catch balls. That'll help Jimmy G get the ball out quickly. Um, I mean, George Kittle's been amazing. I think the Niners could be pretty good. Um, I think but I think they could be pretty entertaining, especially offensively. Be. But on the defensive side of the ball, um, we, we know they keep drafting defensive linemen. A lot of potential. Linemen. They have potential. A lot of potential. But I'm not sure about all of that coming together, especially on the back end. I mean, I like Buckner. I like D. Ford. What he brings. Yeah. Bosa could be a factor. But yeah, I mean, it could go either way. Richard Sherman's obviously a stud, as he's fully, fully back from the Achilles. So. I looked at their schedule, though. Well, and they open with two road... Again, they're road games, they're East yeah. Coast road games, which makes it more challenging. And typically, the West Coast teams going to the East Coast yeah. start poorly. But go, go ahead, go down the list. Looking at their schedule, I won't rip through the whole thing, but when I looked at it, I had W's the first two weeks. They're out. They're at the Bucks and at the Bengals, but I think they could win those games. Mm-hmm. But I actually have them at 6-10, and 10, which is not as high as I kind of thought I would be before looking deeply into the schedule. I agree. After those first two road games, you got the Steelers and you got the Browns, and then, you have, and then you're at the Rams. So that's a, that's a difficult stretch. Mm-hmm. Now, they do have some winnable games. I mean, it's great that you get to play the Cardinals twice in division. Yeah, uh, so, take care of Kyler. Yeah, um, but again, I'm just not sure. They've got Green Bay on the schedule. They've got, they're at the Saints. You got the Falcons. You finish up with the Rams and Seahawks. At Seattle, too, yeah, last I, game. I could see them getting to seven. I mm-hmm. have a hard time seeing them getting to eight. Or I mean, I would love to say nine and seven or contending at ten and six. But I'm not sure. I think it really will come down to the defense because I think, assuming everybody stays healthy on the offensive side of the ball, I think they're going to be pretty entertaining to watch. Yeah, I mean, I have enough faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. I've been hearing people say he has to have a good year this year or this whole thing's a bust with the contract they gave him. I think that is ridiculous. He came in, he turned them into a winner immediately, and then he hurt his knee. I mean, it was not smart for him to take that hit. Right. But on the other hand, if he doesn't hurt his knee, we're looking at a completely different season. So I don't think Jimmy G's been given enough time to really state his case. I would say the same with Shanahan and Lynch, too. I yeah, think that, I would agree. I think that with that injury, it, it's still a build. I want to see what they can keep building. But here. still, in year three, you have to see some tangible signs of success instead of what we've seen the last two years. We know Mike Shanahan, uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan, excuse me, can uh, can draw plays. So can Mike, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Daddy. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see what they can put together. So having gone through this whole thing. What's interesting is when we looked up the numbers on over-under for quarterbacks, Jimmy G and Derek Carr had the same number. Identical. 4,100 passing yards. Who are you taking? That's a tough call. I think that Carr has more weapons, and he has a worse defense, so I think there's going to be a lot of garbage time. There's going to be a lot of high-scoring yeah. shootout-type games. I will actually take Derek Carr for more passing yards and potentially even more touchdowns. They're virtually the same in touchdowns. Garoppolo, the Vegas line, is 25-and-a-half. Carr, it's 24-and-a-half. They're separated by one touchdown. Yeah. So with the weapons Carr has and the garbage time factor, 
I don't know. I, I I might side with Carr on this one. That's uh, you took the argument away from <laughs> well, me. Now you gotta, I thought you were going to go Jimmy G, now. but now no. I I, I, I think they're going to be playing from behind so often yeah. that he's going to have to throw for more touchdowns. Yeah. So I I don't know that that's necessarily going to be the case with Garoppolo because the Niners' offense should be more diversified. But we'll see. So how about this one? Uh, I found Antonio Brown over under nine touchdown receptions. To me, that's a no I would take the over on that. I think that if the Raiders are bad, and they're really bad potentially based on our projections, which yeah. we may or may not be right about, yeah. the only way you're going to keep Antonio Brown engaged and happy is feeding him the football and making sure that he's at least getting his numbers. And so they will be highly motivated to keep Antonio oh. Brown happy. And we've been watching this guy work out all offseason. This guy's a freak. I love him. I I agree. I still think that I can do the brick thing that he does. <laughs> we were in brick. here, and Larry was just like, look, I can do this. And he grabbed a book out of the little library over here, and he's trying to drop and catch the brick. I, I had the book <laughs> down. You want me to give me a brick? I'll do it with a brick. Uh, maybe. I, now, the, the one drill that's hard... <laughs> Is the one where he's on the Bosu and he's got one, blindfolds on, and he's got one like, leg. He's on one leg on a Bosu and catching balls one handed. Oh, I cannot do so that. So I think I'll take the over. And you know how much I love Antonio Brown, Larry Beal. Let's you not, know let's because I tried to trade him to you last <laughs> season in fantasy football. Uh, yes, and you wouldn't take the deal. I wouldn't take and then, him. Antonio Brown almost single-handedly won me the whole league. I, I was the champion. Thank it's, you, Antonio Brown. It's remarkable how, my guy, Antonio. how often this keeps I coming up. I will always bring this All up right, every time. All right, so uh, over under Antonio Brown, 95.5 receptions on the season. Yeah, give me the over. He's pretty much a 100-catch guy feed every him. year. If you can't find a way to feed Antonio Brown, Derek Carr, you are doing your job wrong. Okay. You know who the, the highest-rated receiver for the 49ers is? And I haven't seen his over-under number, but... It's hmm. it's it's George Kittle. I, oh I'm wow! I was thinking yeah. receivers. Not yeah. tight no, I, I actually think absolutely Dante George Pettis. Kittle. I like Pettis. I, too. I really like Dante. But Kittle Pettis. is your guy. Kittle's going to be the guy. No question. Absolutely. Um, now, if we look at this last thing, if we talk 49ers Raiders, okay. which of these guys, be it Shanahan or Gruden, is under the most pressure this year? Oh, I don't think there's any question that it's Shanahan. I would agree with that. Yeah, because. For what we alluded to earlier, this is year three. Yeah. Okay, these are more of your guys now. That you now, there's still some holdovers for sure, no question about that. But you have to show that you are capable. Remember, Shanahan was never a head coach. John Lynch was never a GM. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, these guys are still unproven commodities. And now we're in year three. If you if you go down the drain again, and whether there's injuries or not, Levi's State, you're going to be able to shoot a cannon through Levi's Stadium <laughs> in the third quarter and not be worried about hitting anybody. Yeah, that's a problem. I think that you're right because the training wheels are off this year. They've had the, I don't want to say excuse, they have been building, so it's hard to grade them on what's happened previous seasons. They're building something. We all acknowledge that. And then, and then you had Jimmy G get hurt which kind of threw away last yeah. season. But this season, assuming a relatively healthy roster, if they don't perform, it's going to look really bad. You have to at least be respectable. Yeah. Now, on the other Agreed. side, with Gruden, this is almost a free swing year for them. Yeah. Because 
everything is building towards Las Vegas. And as much as, look, you know, I still remember the scene outside of Ricky's in San Leandro where Gruden is getting the crowd all riled up and we're all getting crazy and we're going to come back yeah. and they're going to win one in Oakland and all that. And then they're just horrible, terrible, yeah. Yeah. trading away their best players, embarrassing. I, I, don't, I mean, I've run out of adjectives. So the notion that, okay, we're back one more year in Oakland. <laughs> Everything is built for Las Vegas and that stadium. And I yeah. think the stadium, actually, they've made a lot of progress because for a while it looked like <laughs> that might be dicey whether Another they get in there in by Oakland. 2020. So I think regardless of how they do this year in Oakland, the enthusiasm and the energy going to Vegas is what's going to drive them for the future. So, it, you know, whether they could go 4-12 and 12 again, there's still going to be a lot of buzz and excitement because of the relocation. The irony is, I believe they are still going to train each week in Alameda. Their headquarters will not be in Vegas until the following season, is my understanding. And uh, I think that uh, they're going to end up training here. That would be... It's, it, that's what happened when they moved back that the first time. That would be time. crazy. Yeah. Don't hold me to this. I haven't looked into that. Don't hold me to this, but I believe that, that is. But I believe that, that was. That would be very Because I'm not sure if the, their headquarters will be finished in time for the start. But couldn't they still season. use, like, the facilities of, you know, UNLV or somebody? Well, UNLV's facilities I, I, are not I, very good. It's better than having to travel all over the place. Well, it's a one-hour we'll flight see. on we'll Southwest. We, we can move on from that. All right. I think that, yeah, I think that Gruden, $100 million, hard knocks to start the year, but everything is geared up towards Vegas. And until yeah. they get there, I don't think he's going to be held to a crazy high standard. Yeah, we, I, I'd forgotten about the 10-year contract. When you have a 10-year contract, you, <laughs> 10 don't years, have, you don't have a lot of pressure $100 million. You, you don't have a lot of pressure They're not looking you. to pay that money no. by firing him. I don't him. think no, I have no, that no, money. No. So he's safe. He's safe for now. All right. Well, this is a funny thing. <laughs> I don't have a great transition because it's so weird. Every week, we tell a story on this show. We usually alternate stories. They usually end up weird. I've dubbed this story the Bike Pump of Doom. I think that's an accurate name for it. So Casey brought in uh, a, a pump because I had a couple of dead basketballs. And uh, so Casey I'm is... Just, there's so many jokes I can make right now. Almost... Almost blew out because of Casey. I almost blew out my Achilles tendon, and that's the tie-in with Kevin Durant. Okay, good. So here's the big setup. So uh, my daughter's uh, boyfriend uh, is a huge Laker fan. Talks a lot of smack, constantly mm-hmm. texting me. Comes up uh, for the weekend from Santa Barbara, and so he's blah blah blah. We're just always chat chat chat, you know, about his basketball prowess. Mm-hmm. Now, I have not played. Probably in ten years since you scored on Clay Thompson. Oh, that didn't count. That, that didn't counted. count. No, I, that was not playing. That, no, we, we could we show that again. But like in a real game, and the last time I had played in a real game, it was a random pickup game, whatever. Um, I remember driving into the lane, jump stop, and then felt, and that was my left leg, and I I knew that the next explosive move I made was going to be my last for that leg. Yes. Because I could feel my Achilles tendon. It was ready to go. Oh, and no. so I just walked gingerly through the rest of that game and didn't you do... You kept playing? Of a, I was, uh, yeah, the game was almost over. The game was almost done. over. I was very close to peace out. But all right. So anyway, with that in mind, I have not played ever since. This probably, it may be close to 10 years. 
So, but, you know, this guy's talking a lot of stuff. And so it started out as... We'll just shoot around a little game of horse. So Casey brings in the the pump. He I get the basket. Me, Can you bring in the bike pump yeah. today? And I was like, what does he need this get the, for? Get the basketballs ready, <laughs> and we're all we're up, and, you know, in the in the neighbor was shooting and all this. And uh, my daughter Nikki actually uh, held her own, very respectable in the game of horse. Oh, okay. There could have been, right. had I known this long ago, there might have been a push to get a scholarship somewhere because mm, she that was not been a good investment. That, oh my god, very good investment. Oh my, my goodness. College is so expensive. Uh, anyway, all right. So um, I'm winning in horse, which leads him to escalate. Now we got to play one on one. And you got to sun him. You got to smack him. I got to. Can't I have, let him beat you in front of your daughter. Exactly. I have to. It got I, real. I have to educate the young man. You do, you on, have on, to. On the, all right. So <laughs> anyway, we're playing. Um. I, I'm scoring a little bit. He's scoring a little bit. Things are starting to ratchet up from a kind of a leisurely, hey, yeah, yeah, what's, you know, to now there's a forearm and, and, and there's, there's, a, there's some hard fouls. There's, there's some tomahawks going for block shots and things like that. And I'm like, so I start knocking down. I, I took it outside. I didn't like, okay, this guy's too big and strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hit a couple of, of jumpers uh, from, from way downtown Bang and uh, Green. Mike Green. And uh, so then now he's coming out to, to check me out there. And it was the same exact spot where Kevin Durant. <laughs> Right wing, three-point line, and I'm looking to go plant my right foot. Oh, no. And and I feel it, and I'm just like, oh, no. My worst fear is Achilles tendon. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's a year rehab. And I just hobble off to the side, strained. Achilles. Did you at least tendon. get the lead before you hobbled? I was off? up. Oh, I oh, was okay. up. Yeah. So you faked the injury, and and then you, you ensured the victory. So, <laughs> oh my Achilles! Just, I guess we have to stop now. Just to show you, lead. no, I was up, but, <laughs> and would have would have finished him. But just to show you how great my daughter is, she realizes that I'm writhing in pain. Yeah. Goes, gets me a bag of ice. Yeah. I. She comes back. I put the ice on. I. I get a makeshift wrap. Tie it up. Go back to playing no. horse. Okay. Horse. Right. Yeah. And take care of business in wow. horse. But now, as a consequence, I can barely walk. <laughs> and I had to wheel him to this very set. To I do have this been podcast. hobbling for most of the week, and it's basically my regimen is ice and Advil and ice and Advil. And don't, when I ask you to bring the bike pump in again, <laughs> Do not bring the pump. I saw him the next day, and he goes, "This is your fault for bringing that <laughs> pump." I was just like, "Whoa, okay." If 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 this happened, if if I would have blown out my Achilles tendon because of you, yeah, because of you, you know what you would have to do? I think I would have to rent a friend. You would, because I would not be your friend I have anymore. No more you would have to rent a friend, <laughs> and you, you knew where I was going. There just happens to be a site called. Rentafriend.com. And this will be our weird news story of the week. That's for sure. I can't believe this is real. I didn't think it was real either. We did a news story on ABC7 News, and the irony is that the reporter did this piece in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And now the hook is you can, <laughs> you can rent a lot of friends in Las Vegas. Uh, you can rent a friend in Las Vegas for <laughs> as low as. 
$25 oh, an hour. Oh, my God. Now, some people might rent multiple friends oh, in Las Vegas. No. It's, it is legal in, in Las oh, Vegas to rent whoa, friends whoa, whoa. for other purposes. But that is not what this is. We're talking is, about rentafriend.com. Allegedly, that yeah. is not what this well, is. You're this, renting, yeah, you're renting. This is renting real friends, <laughs> uh, uh, which we'll get to. But the premise of this is, um, let's say you're new in town. Mm-hmm. And you don't know anybody. Nobody. Okay. So what do you do? You well, rent a friend. Go, you go to, <laughs> for a mere $25 an hour. An hour? Or more. Yes. Oh, I thought this was like a day rate. No, it's $25 for the day? <laughs> yeah. Talking, that's well below minimum wage. I what mean, kind of a hanging slave, out with what people. kind of a slave driver are you? I'm glad I don't work for you. No, this you have the subscription fees, right? You wrote those down. I just wrote twenty nine ninety five. I thought that was like unlimited that's, friends, and that's for one month, okay. and that gives you the opportunity to contact a potential friend. And then you have to pay them an per and hour. And then you pay them oh. by the hour. Now, some friends are cheaper than you might get a good friend for ten, fifteen bucks. Okay. Others are twenty five and up. Yeah. Now they at rentafriend dot com. They say they are not. A dating site. It's like, um, well, it says on their website, many friends on rentafriend.com have unique talents and skills. Like carpentry. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that would be one of them. Not necessarily the skill I was looking for, but someone may want to see a movie or go to a restaurant, but they don't have anybody to go with. Or you just don't know, like, what's cool in your town, and maybe they can show you around a little bit. This is a I mean, valuable can... service. Now, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It really is. One thing that, and I don't know how real this is, because when we check the website, just, did you look at the site? Cause I, I, I pulled up the site, and okay. there were people, like, in Livermore, Danville, like the places we live, they had friends for rent. Now, we don't know how real they are. I mean, they, it could be fake profiles, but but they listed... 600,000 possible friends on their site. Does that seem... That seems seems like an outrageously high high number. Yeah, that seems pretty high. That seems high. You know, the thing about this for me is, like, I spend nine hours a day here with you, (laughs) and then I go home with my family and my kids, Yes, and I have a lot of friends, all of whom I want nothing to do with. Why is that? I just got no time for anybody anymore. No time for friends. They're always calling me. I just, you know, I hit reject call. You, when oh, your friends God, call you, you don't, you don't pick up the... I love my friends, but I don't have time for anything anymore. Well, you don't anymore. love them that much, clearly. I do. I mean, if I'm driving, I might answer it. But yeah, I'm at the point now where I don't want to deal with people. Yeah. Uh, this is well, the complete why... antithesis of that. Yeah. Well, this this is for people with, with different needs. Now, uh, one of the possibilities here is, let's say, people who travel for business <laughs> <laughs> that are looking to find local friends to go to dinner with, like when... I'm sure if you had a, you know, let's say Raiders in Vegas, you're going to cover that game. And you <laughs> say, honey, I'm renting a friend for the oh, night. I'm sure she really <laughs> understands. Renting a friend. So you're in it, Vegas it, and you're, you're renting, renting a, a friend. friend. Guess what? Hmm. You know what? Uh, when you come back to the Bay Area, you can rent an apartment. Yes, and rent a moving truck. <laughs> and rent, uh, and yeah. uh, all your stuff's going to be on the lawn. I will say this. When I covered baseball, yeah. I traveled a lot. Yes. And when I would get to the cities, I wasn't on the team charter or the team you know, airplanes and hotels. I was on my own. So I ate dinner by myself a lot. And that sucks. Have you? 
if you had it does suck. So this, if I rent a friend, if you could rent a friend in, yeah. in various cities, think of the investment that would have been. That, now you'd yeah. have people from all over America whose calls that you do not accept. Exactly. Yeah. I would decline all of them. Uh, did you want to pull up some of the? Um, Let's see some friends. The, the personals. Uh, Give me a couple friends. They, that... Now they claim on rentafriend.com that they are not a dating site. They, they make that abundantly clear. If though. Mutually, is well, that an I, option? I, I, don't I don't know. I don't, well, then I'm not paying you 25 you ha- bucks yeah. an hour or more. Yeah. But uh, there's one guy, I I, uh, I don't have his name in front of me. Well, but he described he described himself as uh, a party in a box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there's a young lady who says, I'm a Leo with an upbeat and thoughtful personality. If you're looking to spend time with a huge nerd who thinks she's funny... And that's where I stopped printing. Um, who else have we Fill got? in the blank. Yeah. I think that whenever I read these, they all sound like dating profiles. Well, that's my point. They all come off sounding like dating profiles. And, and also on the website, they ask for body type and ethnicity. Oh, no. So, yeah, no, they do. So if, really? you, if you have a type, you can find a friend that is just your type. This is just bizarre. Yeah. You could find a friend to give you a better bike pump. So you don't hurt your Achilles. So you don't hurt your Achilles. Because it's clearly the bike pump's fault. All right. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, I think there's really nowhere to go. Can we rent a subscriber? We could rent a subscriber. We need to rent subscribers. We need to rent sponsors. We need to rent your five-star reviews. How many dollars an hour do we have to pay you to just click the button? Please. Right there. Just click it. Just click it. Just click the little subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, you can click the button. Uh, If you're on iTunes subscribe and hit the five star thing and leave us a comment it's a lot of work but we'd love it we're on spotify we're on soundcloud we're on google play we're on everything and we've got a new studio with perfect acoustics so every podcast that you listen to from here on out will be fantastic stereo sure i have an idea what's that let's do well it's not you'll do it i'm gonna sit here do the best aloha ever in these sweet acoustics to end the show. Longest or just most intense? Just wow us. Okay. I'm going to throw my paper. Aloha! That would have cost like $100 on Rent-A-Friend. <laughs> With authority!